Jamie, we love you. We thank you. You are amazing, my friend. Tim, you are too, buddy. Amen. Thank you all so much for giving this morning to our offering here, and we certainly do appreciate it, believing that it's going to make a difference. Amen. going to make a difference in lives, and uh, we've been able to be able to help a lot of people, praise God. I'm, I'm really proud of that. I'm really grateful for that. Hallelujah. How are you women doing there, huh? Come on, you, you, you happy duo this morning. That's amazing. <laughs> I knew that had to be Jill. I didn't know who else it was, but I knew it had to be Jill. Uh, I love it. I love it. We all need to laugh, don't we? We all need to laugh, I tell you. I believe heaven's going to be a happy place. If you don't believe that, you're going to have a lot of getting used to. Because there there are going to be some crazy laughing people in heaven. And uh, it's going to be a good thing. Amen? Praise God. (laughs) All right. How's everybody doing? Doing well? Okay. Uh, I guess it's those uh, clouds that just scared people this morning, you know. I just want to give you forewarning here. Come Tuesday, there is something very strange that's going to happen in our skies. You're going to see a bright thing in the sky. And you're going to realize that the actually the color of our sky is blue. It is not gray. Okay? I know that's going to be a shock to many of us from the last couple of months of what we have had here. But just want to give you a forewarning uh, that there will be a bright thing rising in the sky on Tuesday, okay? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, hallelujah. It's all good. <laughs> Where's uh, Nicole at? Nicole, uh, last week uh, she was working with the, the precious little kids downstairs, and they decided they were going to do a treasure hunt. And uh, if you're not familiar with a treasure hunt, I'll let her explain what a treasure hunt is. I'm not going to share her testimony. And <laughs> Okay, so if you have a treasure and you lose a treasure and you hunt for that treasure, I don't know if you've ever had a jewelry or your husband's given you the earrings and you lose one. And, I mean, you turn everything upside down. Well, that's what God does, but with people. People are his treasure. The one time we're praying in this one specific, we were were praying with this one specific um, spirit. And as we're praying, I saw this thing like a tornado, but instead of this way, it was this way. And as long as that thing was spinning in its vortex, it's like all the people were kind of in its vortex going round, round, round. And as we prayed and we just blessed God, praised him, stopped this thing. It's like as the thing went slower and slower and slower, it's like I started seeing all these jewels get spit out. And as they, the jewels hit the ground, they grew arms and legs, and I realized, oh, they're people. And it's like it was, the most, it was a very, very cool thing to see. But So we started doing, we started hearing about these things called treasure hunts where you ask the Lord to give you words of knowledge. So God speaks to you specifically about what these people look like or what they're wearing or something. And then you go out in groups or just couples or whatever, and you find these people. And I'm going to, this testimony is powerful. So last week with the children's ministry, it was kind of like, hey, let's do this. And so we broke the children's ministry up into certain groups. And um, my little group, I had six kids with Greg, my husband. And we, I explained to them what we're going to do. We wrote down, and the first little girl puts up her hand and says, brick. And I'm like, yeah, this chick doesn't know what she's doing or understandings, but I'll just write down brick, you know. And the other person's hat, and I write down hat, tennis shoes, tennis shoes, orange, I just randomly draw a line. All right, next person, brown hair, black, you know, and we go down the list. So anyway, so we pray and we go out. So now my group is the impactors, so they're the nine and ten-year-olds, okay? So we go out, six of us with us. We walk around the corner, and I look around, and there is one brick pavement over every area that we're at, there's only one brick pavement, and there is a man walking over a brick pavement. He has a hat with tennis shoes that are orange. And I was like, kids! I pull up the list. I'm like, look! And they're like, ah! 
So of course, like this man is, he's kind of looking at us because we were like, like, like puppy dogs with our tails wagging, waiting for him to get over the brick road. And he's walking with a cane, which I didn't even see. My husband's like, hey, baby's got a cane. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can pray for that. I'm just so excited to see him. Anyway, so he walks across the road. And initially, his countenance was pretty like, what are you looking at me? Why? You know, a bit overwhelmed. But I picked up the list. And I said, sir, we go out on these things called treasure hunts. God shows us who his treasure is. And he tells us specific things about people. And I want to show you what's on my list. And I pointed to the list and I said, brick. And I said, so you were coming over this brick road right when we saw you. You have a hat on, you have tennis shoes, and your tennis shoes are orange. And he was, he was blown away. His countenance just was like, he looked like this. And I said, can, can the kids please just, we just want to bless you. We just want to pray for you. And um, he, he looked at the kids. He was like, oh, all right. <laughs> And so all the little kids, I mean, they would just lay hands on him. And I said to him, I said, can we lay hands on you? Prayed for him. And, you know, we prayed for him, and we just blessed him and said what, a, what an important, valued son he was to his father. And that he was loved and that God, he really was a treasure of God. Anyway, opened his eyes, and his, his countenance had changed. And he looked at us, and he was like, wow, that list. Isn't that powerful? So then the next person... It was black hair and a green shirt. There were, there were several, but I'll just say these two. Black and a green shirt. And we walked around probably for about an hour. So you think, oh, a lot of people will wear these. But you know what? We could not find our man with the black hair and green shirt. And finally, we walked around the corner. And it was this older gentleman, older, I take that back. There was this mature gentleman who was probably in his 60s. And, um, but he, he, um, he was from Bolivia. And we saw him, and we walked across. And as we started walking across, his little his daughter came out, probably about my age, and she was very uh, aggressive, like didn't want us to pray for him, and said he didn't speak English, and blah blah blah. And so we were like, okay, well that's that's it. We explained to the kids before we left. There's some people that might not want us to pray for them, and that's okay. That's their choice, you know. But anyway, they walked off in this group. They were with the group, and these two people came after us from that group and said, "Excuse me, excuse me." Is there anything that you wanted? And I said, we just, and I showed them the list. And I said, we just wanted to bless them. Please explain. We didn't want anything from them. We just wanted to pray and bless them. So this woman gives me, she, she hands me this silver coin. And she says, the daughter is um, an art specialist. And she, anyway, she gave me the silver coin. And as I took that coin, the Holy Spirit said, this is, this is my lost coin. He spoke several things. He's like, basically, the the color silver in the Bible is the color for redemption. And to redeem means to buy back. When something's stolen or taken from somebody who belongs to, you redeem it. You buy it back. And he said, just what you guys are doing now, you're buying back. And then he also, it had on the silver coin, it had these two pillars on it. And he started speaking to me about the governmental place of the apostles and the prophets in the city. And he said, I I'm going to allow the church to sit on its proper seat of government. And that's not political government, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But he said, I'm going to allow my prophets and apostles to sit on the right places in the seat of government. And this city is bought back. So praise Jesus. It's really awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I know that the, uh, I think the children were real excited last week, and that's awesome. And uh, to be able to, to experience that and do that, yeah. I'm going to, uh, Rick, if you don't mind, can I get you to, <laughs> you just, your eyes shot up by this big. Now, he, you were sharing a testimony with me this morning before church. Could, would you mind sharing that with everybody? Would that be okay? All right, come on, buddy. This is Rick Spainauer. Rick and his wife, wife Robin, back there. And uh, they are... Next week, we're, we're having New Member Sunday, and they're going to be a part of that uh, coming in, and we're excited about that. But they are a part of a group led by Donna Covington here. Donna, Donna's a, Donna is also a new one in our church, and, uh, and so uh, she, lead, she has a team of people that she leads to go out, and they minister in different churches and places, and really a great thing. Rick and Robin has been a part of that for a while. And so they were ministering in a church, was it last weekend? Last Sunday, yeah, that's what I thought. And so I asked Rick this morning, I said, how did it go? He said, oh, it was awesome. 
and he and he began to tell me something that God did. I just thought it was so neat uh, testimony. I just wanted you to take a, a minute here and just share that. Um, basically, um, just God gave me a word for um, somebody's ears, and um, it was one of the ladies, and we prayed for her, and God healed her. Mm. And it was her ears were ringing constantly and stuff like that. So she, uh, so God healed her. So. Did she say how long they had been ringing like that? Most mm. of her life, or good long time, long, yeah. long time. So, yeah. Amen. And so y'all just laid hands on her and. Yeah. So what, yeah, because when that yeah. word comes, it's now. Yeah. So yeah, it's exactly. healing. Like he wants exactly. to heal you right now. So praise God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Something about the testimony, it creates, uh, we'll, we'll, um, that's kind of what I'm teaching on this morning, is a testimony read by all. And uh, there's something powerful in a testimony, as we know, that when you share a testimony, it creates something from heaven that we can grab hold of, and we see it repeated again and again. And so I just was wondering, are there any people in here that you have ringing in your ears Anybody in here that you have ringing in your ears? Okay. Ron, I do. Okay. okay. Can we believe that, that what God did and the healing of that, those ringing ears, God is able to do it this morning? Amen. So can we agree together right now? Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for the power of your testimony, Lord God, this testimony of Jesus your healing power. And we thank you, Lord God, that each person that they have experienced, whether it's a short-term, long-term, it doesn't matter, Father, but the ringing of the ears that brings just, just frustration and, and it decreases the ability to hear well. Father, we just speak right now that for it to end right now in Jesus' name. Stop right now. No more ringing in Jesus' name. We've complete healing over ears right now, we proclaim. Father, we agree together. Say amen if you agree. Father, we agree together in Jesus' name. Let it be done now, Father. Let it be done in this service today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let me ask, anybody, any difference? Do what? This is Gabe. Uh, interesting that we're talking about ear ringing because I think about a week ago I was in my room and I had had like a very, very slight ringing in my ear since I was a teenager. It wasn't anything that really bothered me, something I never really thought to pray about. Um, but I was in my room and I was just worshiping and all of a sudden I heard like a kind of like a pop in my ear and I noticed that I couldn't hear any ringing anymore. So maybe something the Lord's doing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Anybody can, can, I mean, I can tell a difference. I can tell a difference uh, as uh, we were prayed. It began, it began to, it's almost, it's, it's just, I can barely, I mean, usually my ringing is pretty loud. And uh, do what now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about Mike? Is it about the same or is it different? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? I think Joe had his hand up. I know. Same? Okay. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, when this man leaves today. <laughs> Lord God, we just thank you. In Jesus' name, God, all those years of slamming those drums, Father, Lord God, we just thank you. Any damage that was done, be healed in Jesus' name right now. Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Well, a testimony read by all. We're going to talk about our lives and our lives that are to be represent, representative of God's nature and who He is and, and that. A testimony is more than something that is just shared on a Sunday morning. How many of you know that? I mean... I mean, God is pleased when we do that. There's no doubt. God is pleased when we share testimonies or share testimony of how I came to the Lord or how you came to the Lord. Those are all very important things. But I tell you, a testimony is to be walked out and lived out. 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, all year long, again and again. And we, and we fail to realize the power of the testimonies that are within you from the things that you have heard, the things that you have experienced, the things that you have seen with your eyes. It, it begins to affect you. It should. And it should, it should be, be able to be just filled up within your soul of these things. And it should make a difference in how people see you because you carry something from heaven. You carry something so very real that needs to be seen in this earth. Amen? And I uh, want to talk about that today. Uh, I think it was about six years ago I shared about a month series on the testimony of God. So it's been a long time since I've even talked about this much. But I really felt like, as Rifle was sharing last week, I really sensed and felt like the, the Lord said, it's time again to share this. So, uh, so I'm cramming a month's worth of sermons into this morning. So we should be out by four or five today. Shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Psalm 119 2. Psalm 119 2. Psalm 119 has so much in that one chapter. We all know it's the, the longest chapter in the Bible, but so much in there about the testimonies of God. It says here, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. There's two things I want you to see here of the power of the testimonies, the power of the testimonies of God. One, God says that you are going to be amazingly, incredibly blessed if you keep the testimonies. And we'll talk more about what does that mean, to keep his testimonies. He said you are going to, there is going to be a difference in your life there is going to be a transformation in your life as you simply keep the testimonies of God. And I love this because it says, who seek him with our whole heart. There's something about keeping the testimonies of God that just fills your heart that you want to seek him with everything you've got. When you begin to realize how powerful the testimonies are, and I dare say that everyone in this room, you are filled with testimonies whether it's personal testimonies yourself or things that you have heard from other people or things that you have seen or read or whatever, you are filled more with testimonies than what you realize. What the problem is is that we don't keep them. We don't know how to keep them. We don't know how to allow them to become a letter, a living testimony in our life, a book in our life. And that's what God wants to do. That the testimonies that you experience, you know that you that you see or hear or experience, are to become a letter that God writes on that letter of your life. You know, the word testimony means it is a written or spoken record of anything God has done in history. Anything God has done in history doesn't matter how far back that what God has done hundreds and hundreds of years ago, it is a record that we understand and know today, and it becomes a part of our life today that we believe, God, that what you did then, you can do now. Amen? That's why if you ever are in a lot of services where there's going to be a lot of prayer toward healing, there will be testimony after testimony after testimony that will be shared. Because something happens when we hear testimonies, all of a sudden our faith begins to rise. You know, our agreement in, wow, that's amazing. That is just, I never heard that before. Man, that person was healed from exactly what I am going through. And it does something within the hearts of our lives that we say, listen, I want that written on my heart. I want this written on my life here. That it becomes a part of what I experience and live out. In life, it is a written or spoken record of anything that God has done in history. In the in the Hebrew word there, that is uh, that is recorded in Psalms one nineteen or whatever other places means to repeat or do it again. So everything, every time a testimony is shared, every time you allow God to write something on your heart, 
and you keep it and you begin to live that out from that place, I want to tell you, you carry something so powerful with you. You know, I'll tell you, as Nicole and these children went out last week, and they just began to pray for people, they, even at that young age, they carried something with them so powerful because they, they watch. Children, man, they learn, man. They just grab hold of everything they can. And sometimes we forget that the very things that we hear, we just, we're accustomed to it. It's almost like it becomes just usual stuff. And we don't, we don't really grab hold of these things and say, Father, write that on my heart. I'll never forget that, Lord. I'll never forget that, Father. That, Lord, when I'm going through a similar circumstance, that I won't let doubt and, and fear and all that stuff come in, Father, that what will come out is that which is written upon my heart. Amen? And so that's what I'm believing for. That's what I want. That's what I want to see happen in all of our lives. I wrote this down. It says, the testimony holds all the resources you need to see God's history repeated through your life. I don't think I put that on the slide. It says, the testimony holds all the resources you need. Say, all the resources. Okay, that doesn't leave anything out. All the resources you need to see God's history repeated through your life. Say, it's going to be repeat. Say, it's going to be repeated in my life. Ah, that doesn't sound like I'll believe that one. Say it again. It's going to be repeated in my life. I love the, the writer of Psalms, especially as he wrote in Psalm 119, verse 111 through 112. He says this, Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever or an inheritance forever. It speaks of the history of of the testimonies. I've taken them as an inheritance because it holds all the resources that I need. They are the rejoicing of my heart, it says. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. I mean, that is a heart that is intentional that to allow the testimonies of the Lord, of the things that we have read in the Word of God, the things that we have heard, the things we've seen, to allow those things become so prevalent in our lives. It's so prevalent that those things are written upon our lives. Amen? Not just something that we just occasionally quote or occasionally get up and go, oh, I got a testimony this week. And those are wonderful things. But that's just the beginning. That's just the first step. You know, what if we, we, uh, uh, we have a granddaughter and we have another granddaughter on the way Praise God, we're excited about that. And, uh, and uh, our son and daughter-in-law are due again in November. And so, uh, so we're really thrilled for that. And, and so, um, but I, re- I remember when Lily started walking, you know, the, the parent, Joshua and Laurel didn't say, see her take one step and go, that's it. Oh, that was wonderful. That was great. Oh, my gosh. She has come so far, and that's it. Now, we don't want you to walk anymore, but that, that was an amazing step, you know. And so the sharing of testimonies is that first step. But then it's the thing of, look, God, write this on my heart. Let me declare it. Let me keep it. Let me remember it, Father, that as I move forward, there are three things that are so vitally important as we become a testimony read by all, Okay. It's declaring the testimony, keeping the testimony, and remembering God's testimonies. Those three things. And I want to touch on those three things very quickly here this morning with you. All right? If you have your Bibles, we're going to have it up on the screen. But sometimes, you know, it's good to use this thing called the Bible. You know, it's a very popular book. I don't know if you don't know about it or not, but it's a very popular book. And... Um, uh, and so, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, this is Paul writing. And Paul writes this. He's speaking about the Corinthian people, the Corinthian church. And he says, you are, a, you are our epistle or you are our letter written in our hearts. He's saying that, listen, how you, you have walked out, the testimonies that have come forth out of your life, they are written upon our hearts. 
It's like a letter that God has been writing upon our hearts here. He says, to be known and read by all men. Paul understood that the things that he allows to be written on his heart are going to be read by all men, good or bad. You know, most of the time we take a testimony is a great thing. It is a great thing. But I tell you, it depends what you, what you allow to be written on your heart. You know, it says in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, with the words that we speak, they carry life and death. And it depends what, what place they're coming out of. The same thing with testimony. The same thing that maybe your testimony is, man, I've been so caught up in fear, so caught up in confusion, so caught up in that, and you carry that testimony with you wherever you go. And whether you know it or not, it's being read by all. It's being read by all. And you have to understand that. You know, just as much as the testimonies of the Lord will be read by all. Have you ever been around a person that you just you have just met and you realize that they're a Christian and there's something coming off from them, something that's so powerful, something that just grabs your attention, you know, and it's just, it is just, it is just the, you know, they have allowed something to be written upon their hearts, something powerful to be written on their hearts. I remember years ago when I was doing campus ministry, well, maybe just a couple of years ago, um, <laughs> I better, better restate that. Actually, it was a long time ago. It was probably 25 years ago. I remember that uh, I was I was uh, had began a campus ministry at Georgia Southern University, and I'm walking through the the student union, and I see this young lady there, and she is just glowing. I mean, it is just like man, there are just she's she is plugged in. And she is plugged into Jesus. There is no doubt about it. Man, she is just glowing. I mean, it, it literally caused me to stop right there. And, uh, and, and she noticed that I was looking at her. She says, you know, yes, can I help you? And I, I, I look at her I said, you are a Christian, aren't you? She said, well, yeah. How did you know? I said, honey, you have been dipped in it, slathered in it, marinated, pickled in it, whatever, it is all over you. And she just started laughing. And she said, well, I do love Jesus quite a bit. And I said, well, it is evident, sweetie. And I said, thank you. Thank you for just shining that out. And whether we are living out our testimony, you could call it keeping living, being a letter. Jesus says that in a different way that we're a light. We're salt in the earth. It's all the same, just different words. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. It talks about that we're a fragrance to those who are living and to those who are perishing. We're a fragrance. You are a fragrance this morning. Okay, turn to someone and smell them, okay? You are a fragrance this morning. <laughs> all right. And you bring something forth out of your life. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that powerful? Man, that should humble us. That should humble us because there are times we don't want people to read our lives. There are times that we have just blown it, totally blown it, and we don't want anybody to read our lives during that time. But they're going to read your life. They're going to read your life. And God says, as you keep my testimonies, as you keep the things that I've spoken in here, you keep the things that you hear from other people, God says something begins to just come forth in your life, and it's a fragrance. Oh, my gosh. It's a fragrance. It's a light. It's a, it's a letter written out that people could read. And God can do phenomenal things through your life. And it's so important, so important of how you handle that. I want to talk with you about three things here. <clears throat> One, I want to talk with you about declaring God's testimonies. Okay, good. We're good on time. All right. Three things happen 
when we declare God's testimonies. Okay, I don't have this written up. But like I said, there are three keys to be read by all, declaring God's testimonies, keeping God's testimonies, remembering God's testimonies. What does it mean to declare God's testimonies? When we declare, when we speak, like when, when Rick got up this morning and he said, listen, last week God gave a word of knowledge to us about a, someone that was in, this, uh, in the place they were at that they were experiencing. My ringing is completely gone. God, I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I, since I was little, I have had, uh, I was going to say brain damage. I had, <laughs> maybe so. I have, had, I have had hearing damage ever since I was little. I, I, had, um, I had about 5% hearing when I was small. And uh, they had tissue and stuff was growing in my eustachian tubes. And they had to use radiation to burn it out. And that's caused damage to my, to my ears. And I will tell you, there's times I'll tell Cindy, the ringing in my ears are just so loud. I, I, you know, it's just so frustrating that they're always there. But it's gone. It's gone. Gone, praise God. When you declare a testimony like you did this morning, Rick, the first thing that it does, it creates access for the very anointing that brought about the testimony in the first place to everyone else. It opens the doorway. And God says, come and get it. Come and get it. It opens the doorway for you. It becomes a revelation of how God works so we can embrace in faith heaven's potential. We'll say that again because that's powerful. When, when we declare the testimony, it becomes a revelation of how God works on earth here so we can then embrace in faith heaven's potential because we understand that God has done it already. God can do it again. Amen? The second thing that he does when we declare God's testimony, it unveils, unveils again who God is, all right, who God is. Because what the enemy is constantly accusing us of God's inability, bringing it to our lives, doesn't he? Constantly. God can't do that. God won't do that. Well, it worked in someone else's. You know, did you hear about the, the person that died from that? Well, it's going to probably happen to you too. You know, all of these things get repeated. We hear those things in our life. But what it does, when you declare a testimony of God's goodness, Declare a testimony of God's ability. It unveils, it removes the veil from our eyes to see who God is and his nature, and we invite others to come and know him in that same way. When you declare the testimony, what it does, you don't see it, all of a sudden the veil's removed in front of their eyes. It's, it's taken off. And what it does, it opens an access, a way for them to come and know God in the very same way. That's why it's so important to listen to people because if you just listen to people's story, God will give you such opportunity to share what God has done in your life. And they will be open for it. I want to tell you, they will be open for it. It's like what this gentleman that Nicole was talking about. As he began to understand, you know, how they identified him, it, it, it changed something within him. He was open for that. I love this. I wrote this down. The declared testimony will train us to see reality from God's perspective so that we are able to walk in faith. It trains us. It equips us. I love this. In Psalm 119.24, the writer says that God's testimonies are my counselors. How many of you have ever been to a counselor? We, most of us in here, in some way or not, may not have been a professional counselor that you, you paid, but someone in your life that you went to for counsel. And that counsel helped, didn't it? It helped. 
It helped. It, it made things better for you. Well, the testimonies of the Lord are counselors to us because it helps us to see reality from God's perspective. And lastly here, that when we declare the testimony, it enables us to fill our heart and mind with what God is doing, allowing us to meditate on the possibilities of God. Say that again. When we declare the testimony of the Lord, it enables us to fill our heart and our mind with what God is doing. And when we do that, it allows us to begin to meditate on the possibilities of God. Many times the things that we struggle with so much are the possibilities of God. Is it really possible? Is it really possible? Is it really possible? But when we begin to declare his testimony over and over again, I want to tell you, it, it, it enables us. It fills our heart and our mind. There's a situation you find in the first chapter of Joshua that Joshua has been now appointed because Moses has died, has been now appointed to be the leader of the nation of Israel. And he has the wonderful task to take them into a very scary place and take them into a place where, where the city itself is, is impossible to, 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 to get beyond those walls of the city. I won't go into it, but uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of how well Jericho was built and the thickness of the walls of Jericho. And I mean, it just wasn't just like a wall like ours here. It was, it was reinforced and reinforced and reinforced, and it was I don't know how many feet you know, thick it was. It was, it was amazing. So it was just almost impossible. And here he is, is Joshua's opportunity, and he is scared, and he's overwhelmed. And the first thing, as you begin to read in Joshua chapter 1, first thing that God does, he reminds them, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. He reminds them of all the things I did through Moses, all the testimonies, Joshua, that you saw and that you remember that I did through Moses. I'll do it through you also. He declared, God declared the testimony, declared the testimony over Joshua and brought him to a place of, of allowing that fear to be addressed in his life and to be overcome in that place. And so um, it renews our minds. It says in Joshua 1.8, he says, take the things that I've spoken, take the things that are written down. I want you to meditate on these things day and night. You know, you may do all that is written in it. And if you do that, you will find your way to become prosperous and successful. That is exactly what happened in Joshua's life because of the testimony. Whatever we fill, listen to this, whatever we fill our hearts and minds with, guys, we establish a covenant of trust with that thing, whether it's positive or negative. Whatever we fill our hearts and minds with, you fill your heart and mind with fear, you will have just established a covenant of trust with fear. If you meditate all the time on lack, what I don't have, what I don't have, I'll never, I'll never pull out of this, I'll never get past this, I'll never get beyond this, we'll never have enough money, we'll never have this or whatever, you will establish a covenant of trust with that which you have been filling your heart and mind with. But I want to tell you, you take the testimonies of God and you take the testimonies of others and you begin to fill your heart and mind with those things, all of a sudden there's a new area of trust in your life that begins to spring forth and begins to be a, a mighty thing. All right, very quickly here, what does it mean to keep God's testimony? It means to watch and preserve. To watch and preserve, it says. Then when we keep God's testimony... It becomes like the thing that we look through, the lens that we look through of how we see and do life when we keep God's testimonies. Why do we keep God's testimonies? One, his testimony can motivate others to break through an impossible, impossible barrier. Have you ever shared something with someone and it gave them such hope, such faith, 
such encouragement, such courage that they wanted to quit, but now something has changed in their life and they have moved ahead. I love the testimony in the book of Nehemiah where here you have these people for a 100 years. They have lived with broken down walls, lived with the gates burned down. They have lived in just, just total devastation. And that's all they have known for over a hundred years. And they had the ability all that time to be able to, to build the walls, but they couldn't see it. They could not see it. They were, they were filled with fear of their enemies or whatever. Nehemiah comes in, and within just a few days of sharing a testimony of God, of how God enabled him to get there, is the, the hearts of the people were changed. And it said all of a sudden, all the people had a mind to put their hand to the, to the work that needed to be done. And it within something like 50 days or something like that, that which was not able to be done in over 100 years, they accomplished in 50 days. Because someone helped them to be, break the barrier, to move beyond the barrier. When we keep the testimonies of God, we preserve them. We allow them to be written upon the, 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 the walls of our heart to be read by others. I want to tell you, when those things are shared and they're seen by others, I want to tell you, it brings people to a place that believing that they can break through whatever barrier that they're facing right then and there. It's amazing as it does. God's testimonies are reminders of his character and nature. We've talked about it all already. God's testimonies can be a doorway into someone's life and then draw them to Christ. can't tell you how many times that just the simple sharing of what God has done in my life has opened a person's heart to Christ. Just simply sharing. Let me share with you something that God did in my life because I think you'll understand. And when it does, it just opens their heart up. It's It's amazing. You know, when I found that I didn't have to <laughs> beat someone over the head with the gospel to get them to come to Jesus, when I just shared the wondrous acts of God and the kindness of God and the generosity of God and the goodness of God, I just shared that with someone, it opened their heart up like nothing else to see one after another after another come to the Lord. I remember the woman that Jesus met at the well, the Samaritan woman. And because of what Jesus spoke to her, she went out and told all the people in the village, come see the man who told me everything about my life. Now, he didn't tell her everything, but at her, that moment, that was everything in her life. Her life was a wreck because of relationships. They came, and it said that there was tremendous, tremendous things that happened in the village God's testimonies can change their spiritual atmosphere and overcome the enemy to impart life. You know, I, um, I, I want us to continually be sharing testimonies in this house, continually, as much as we can, continually, whether we, we write it down and we send it out by email or whether it's spoken here on Sunday morning or you just come in and you say, I've got to grab someone, got to tell them, this week, what God did in my life. Because I want to tell you, it will make a difference. It will change the spiritual atmosphere of this place and a place wherever you go. It will change it. Jesus said the words that I speak to you in John 6, 63, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. One last thing, remembering God's testimonies. We have, we have a memory problem. And we all do. We forget. We forget, don't we? We begin to complain about the very thing that maybe a few months prior God did in our lives. And many times it has to deal with lack. Whether it's lack of money, lack of health, lack of finances, lack of a job, lack of whatever. It has to do with lack many times. And all we need to do is just take a moment and remember. And God will remind us of an occasion, a moment, a time 
where he took care of some lack in our lives. And all we need to hear, I want to tell you, all we need to hear just one time because then it, it erases every other option for us right at that moment. We have no right to say, well, there's lack in my life because God says that I am the God that holds all the resources that you need. I am the God of the impossible. We need to remember, I, I think about remembering are like replication seeds. That when I remember, it plants a seed back in my, back in my heart and to replicate what God did before. What God did before. You know, there's times I am so ashamed of the, way, of the things that I speak. How quickly I get frustrated about something, overcome by something. And instead of just taking a moment and saying, God, remind me, remind me. God, I want to put seeds of replication within me that you can do it again and again. I just start complaining, start saying something, start, and God just like, Doug, this is not a problem for me. It's not a problem for me. Amen? When we remember, it trains us to look through the lenses of our history with God. It enables us to, to, in the renewing of our mind, it reestablishes God as the center of our life. We realize, if I have God in the center of my life, I'm good. I'm good. doesn't matter what else is seemingly happening in my life, but if God is at the center of my life, it is good. Amen? Then one last thing here, it produces the courage and strength to overcome the enemy and do the impossible. Hallelujah. We are a letter read by all. We are a letter read by all. I think, uh, Ed, we're putting that back up, living the impossible. I think you got there before I did, but that's good. Okay. Living the impossible. You know, when Jesus has commissioned us to go into go into all nations and make disciples and teach and train them in all the things that you have been taught in, it's an impossible thing. It's only possible by the life that his life within us. Amen? I'm not able to do that on my own, but I am able to do it if he lives on the inside of me. I love this. Jesus has commissioned us to do the impossible. We are to step into this generation revealing the Father by bearing his likeness. When we bear his likeness, we are living out the testimonies of the Lord, walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, motivated by love, bringing the kingdom of heaven through demonstrations of power and authority. To do this, we must declare, keep, and remember the testimonies of God. I want us to all to stand up. I want us to repeat this together. I want this to be a declaration this morning. You know, I, I, I was going to say, you know, how many of us really want to be a letter of his testimony, a testimony by, to be read by all? I hope that everyone would have stood anyway. But let's just, let's declare this together over our lives. Amen. Can we do that? All right. Jesus has commissioned us to do the impossible. We are to step into this generation, revealing the Father by bearing his likeness, walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, motivated by love, bringing the kingdom of heaven through the demonstration of power and authority. To do this, we must declare, keep, and remember the testimonies God. Now, it's important for us to say this together, but can we say this again and make it personal for ourselves and replace these plural pronouns with just ourselves, that I will step into this generation, you know. So, let's just say this together. Make it personal to yourself. Jesus has commissioned me to do the impossible. Let's say that again. Jesus has commissioned me to do the impossible. I am to step into this generation 
revealing the Father by bearing his likeness, walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, motivated by love, bringing the kingdom of heaven through demonstrations of power and authority. To do this, I must declare, keep and remember the testimonies of God. Amen. Can we just grab hands with one another and just join together as we pray this morning? Father, I thank you, God, for each and every person in this place. Father, I thank you, God, that all that you have destined, all that you have determined of what you want to do in our lives, Father. Father, I pray, God, that we understand the importance of living this out. It's, it's more than just occasionally sharing a testimony. We are to live a testimony, Father. Lord, I thank you that you'll bring back to our remembrance all the things that you have done, all the things that we have uh, remembered, Lord God, and let it be written upon our hearts. We ask you, Father, to write upon our hearts. We thank you, Father, that you declare that, that today, because of the covenant that we have with you, Father, that you don't write upon stone anymore, but, God, instead, you write upon the flesh of our heart. That, God, that covenant is permanent, never to, never to change. So, Father, we thank you this morning, Lord God, that, Father, that we would, we would, we would step out in a way that maybe we have, we have not been, Father. We would be that letter read by all. And, God, that we would know, Father, that, that, that Lord, uh, if, if something negative comes out, well, it's because it was written on our hearts. We allowed it to be written on our hearts. And by your grace, God, you can renew our minds, and you can, you can erase that out of our heart, Father, and you can put your ways, your nature, your character, Father, your kingdom strongly in our hearts. And we give you praise. Amen.